it definitely the business sector and the civil society um, uh, representatives as well will have a key role in making sure that we have continuous progress when it comes to sustainable development and um, government definitely there might be well there will be definitely a new like elections is coming and it might my concern there is definitely the continuity of programs and policies although we do have an overarching vision as Mark has mentioned 24, 24 to help us really still continue to be at the right track Making the world overall a better place to live in through sustainable development is the common outcry in recent years, to the point that this and the very term sustainability has been thrown around for quite a number of ways despite the lack of understanding on what it truly means. In essence, sustainable development is a long, winding process that involves governments, the private sector, civil society organizations, nonprofits, and the people to work hand-in-hand in averting the massive crisis that concerned our lives. There is a significant uh, bounce back from the effects of COVID-19 because I think before COVID-19 happens, there's been a momentum already, especially in sustainable development. But because of the COVID-19, it somehow pushed back even five years or even 10 years. I think there's a, there's a study created by the United Nations on how the sustainable development has been pushed back five to ten years and some countries needed to start on step one again because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So I think 2021, 22, and even 23 moving forward are great years for us to rebuild and re- reassess where can we uh, improve and uh, of course to prevent this from happening again. <laughs> there have been lots to learn on the things that happened in 2020, specifically from the pandemic that shook the world and rattled the system. The system that has been comfortable with the old ways, protected by narrow-sightedness on what may come. This can be taken as a huge step back, which should help the world progress more sustainably into the future, as the blemishes have only been emphasized. Therefore, all that is left for us to do is to plan and act. How was sustainable development then prior to 2020 and how is it poised to move exponentially in the years to come? This is Sustainer Rumble Special, a series of various special episodes where we tackle sustainability in collaboration with thought leaders and mover groups. In this special episode, we talk to Mark Jacinto of Online SDG Youth Action Forum and Lawrence Lumagbas of JCI Philippines to expound on the state of sustainable development in 2020 and beyond. Welcome everyone to the year-ender episode of Sustainer Rumble. I am CK, one of your co-hosts, and uh, I am joined here by my co-host and co-founder, Chantel. Hi, Chantel. Hi, CK, and hi to each and every listener here. Can you believe it? We're at the end of 2020. So I'm so psyched that we've made it this far and that we're here to share with you a very special year-end episode. Yeah. So as uh, Chantel has mentioned, so we started this podcast just uh, six months ago, around June, and uh, we couldn't believe that we have actually lasted that long. Um, initially, we just uh, thought that this is going to be 
just a real exploratory project project on um, sustainable development and lo and behold uh, within that six months we have received so much appreciation and love from the community that we really believe that we should really continue discussing and exploring more on the topics about sustainable development and now here we are uh, in the in the in the month of December 2020 about the end the really surprising Uh, year of 2020 but still packed a lot of blessings and also opportunities for uh, a lot of people including us where we were able to uncover uh, these opportunities to also share uh, what we can to the society and so here uh, towards the end of the of the year 2020 we welcome you to the year ender episode where we now talk about something that's really close to the soul of sustainable rumble which is sustainable development and our what we are going going to explore here in this episode is about sustainable development in 2020 and beyond so looking into the future uh, coming from everything that we have learned from this year the surprises and ch- the challenges and also uh, perhaps the, the the setbacks that could possibly propel us in the years to come and for this year ender episode we are joined by two fantastic individuals from the development sector we have mr uh, lawrence lumagbas from jci philippines and we have also mark asinto from online sdg youth action forum hello guys hello lawrence hello mark hello 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 everyone hello to all of the listeners happy holidays by the way <laughs> Hey. Hello, everyone. All right. So, uh, let's start this discussion. Okay. So, first and foremost, okay, sustainable development. Um, what does sustainable development mean? Well, perhaps uh, for the listeners who have been tuned into Sustainable Rumble since the very beginning, we have the uh, we have already uh, from the very outset, from the very first episode, we have described what sustainable development is. And for our new listeners who are just You know, still learning the ways of what sustainable development is, or and who are just still beginning to listen to this uh, this content of ours. Sustainable development is essentially, uh, as described, leaving no one behind. So it's it's about um, uh, working to to meet the needs of the of the present, while avoiding to jeopardize the needs of the of the people in the future and every every living thing and also the entire world as well. So it's really us. All the institutions, people, organizations moving as one to really create an equitable and sustainable future for everyone. And so, uh, the year 2020, as mentioned, has packed a lot of um, perhaps challenges, setbacks to the entire world when we were shocked with uh, the pandemic, COVID-19 pandemic. And now... Uh, I, I want to ask our dear uh, guests here, uh, Mark and uh, Lawrence, um, what was the, what was the landscape of sustainable development in the Philippines like coming into the 2020, like before the pandemic happened? What was it like? Yeah, uh, I guess I'll start. The landscape of sustainable development here in the Philippines coming into 2020, particularly uh, this year, uh, was supposed to be really great. Uh, I had a hearing with 
uh, I attended a hearing with Senator Pia Cayetano, which is chairing the, the Senate Committee on Sustainable Development Goals, Innovations, and Futures Thinking. And they were already in the works of doing a uh, proposing a bill integrating sustainable development goals to the Philippine government, particularly to uh, lo- local government. So the sorry, the bill was supposed to. Uh, allow local governments just to establish like a sustainable development office or sustainable development unit per per local government and also uh, contribute not just to the sustainable development goals but also to the ambition in 2040 and also aside from that it also encourages our businesses civil society organizations and other institutions to integrate their initiatives and their plans to the sustainable development goals and to the ambition in 2040 which is chaired by or which is being monitored by the national economic development authority however uh, because of the covid pandemic uh Uh, COVID-19 pandemic, uh, it somehow went, wait, haywire. Yeah. Okay. Lawrence? Yeah. So I think Mark gave a really nice overview of the landscape for sustainable development in our country. Uh, maybe just to add on that as well, um, I think I can comment on what's been happening in the business sector, the corporate sector, when it comes to sustainable development. So, um, one of the key uh, policies or regulations that the Securities and Exchange Commission um, uh, mandated all the publicly listed firms to comply with would be sustainability reporting. And so, what that essentially um, means is that companies nowadays, especially those that are publicly listed organizations, are required to actually disclose or talk about their sustainability performance. And that means um, talking about how are they handling their environmental social impacts um, although that's still being done on a uh, PA, uh, like listed firms level I think it sort of shows to us that there is um, some regulation that's being introduced to help companies really try to embed SDGs into their business models can I just add what Lawrence has said aside from of course having the sustainability reporting from SEC I think a lot of people have been contributing particularly to the decade of action because the United Nations instituted the decade of action by the end of 2019 and the decade of action is the a decade long plan to contribute to the sustainable development goals and to strengthen and accelerate our contribution to the SDGs uh, towards attaining it by the year 2030. So I think whether it's corporate, it's government, it's other institutions like civil society organizations, they we were supposed to be more strengthened and more heightened, especially this year. We, we, we are celebrating the fifth year of the Sustainable Development Goals. Yeah, and I, as I recall, I know the Paris Agreement is reaching its fifth anniversary, has reached its fifth anniversary this year. And I think it's by the end of this year that uh, countries, NDCs, or nationally declared commitments are due. So hopefully, uh, COVID hasn't necessarily stalled various countries' ability to declare their NDCs. Um, just to um, build on what Mark said about the decade of action being launched back 2019. So 
really there's a lot of potential there was a lot of potential for sustainable development in the Philippines coming into 2020 but as you said Mark the potential was there such as for instance there was a um however it did go haywire and as Lauren said the the tech um, department really has been pushing for new regulations to be introduced and new standards for sustainability reporting to really be imposed on companies but as you both mentioned they were a bit haywired or stalled so could you tell us a bit more about how that happened why were these things stalled what could have worked out but didn't and why I guess I'll Let's start, start with uh, Mark yeah Yeah, uh, I guess it went uh, just to clarify. It uh it the bill is already lobbied in the Senate by Senator Pia Cayetano. Uh, I think it's really more of to institutionalize sustainability, uh, sustainable development offices particularly in LGUs and also encouraging more private sectors, uh private companies to integrate sustainable development goals in their plans and initiatives and even reporting. But uh, I think it went way haywire, or it really had a stop because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Like uh, when the COVID-19 pandemic happened last March, particularly the institution of TCQ or the enhanced community quarantine, everything just stopped. Like oh, throw away, throw away your uh, SDGs. Like we need to solve this immediate problem, which is the COVID-19 pandemic. But if you see beyond. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic is still more of a sustainable development problem eh? because if you've seen what is happening to the to the effects of the pandemic now, it's really multidimensional. Uh, it ha- it's having an effect to our people, to our planet, to the prosperity of people, which is economic and even peace and even partnerships as well. So uh, I think just to sum it all up, I think COVID-19 pandemic really made things uh, stalled, especially for the sustainable development attainment here in the Philippines this year. And I think it also has a lot to do with the extent by which LGUs have to prioritize their use of resources, time, effort. It's definitely not a joke trying to sustain your communities, your people throughout, what, a seven-month-long lockdown. So it's definitely, definitely going to take a bite off of your resources and your priorities, which is, as Mark said, probably a huge reason as to why, despite the bill being already present in the Senate, a lot of LGUs find it difficult to integrate it into their current platforms and plans. Um, so we have the side of the government and, of course, of Uh, development institution. Lawrence, could you tell us more about uh, how COVID uh, or why COVID really put, say, big institutions and corporations um, push for corporate sustainability into a slight halt this year? Yeah, um, I did observe. Um, I did observe that some companies sort of pushed back in terms of their sustainability budgets, um, and that means uh, you know trying to limit the spending they do when it comes to sustainability transformation or those SD sustainable development projects they have. But they did put more funding in terms of their um, like uh, response 
programs. So, for example, trying to make sure that their employees are still really taken care of in terms of their uh, jobs and also taking care of all the other health aspects. So, I think that's why companies did, uh, in terms of spending, in terms of sustainable projects, it did decrease. Um, but it did increase naman when it comes to trying to keep their employees safe and also secure. So it really is a balancing act. So as I guess with both the government and the private sectors, it was a matter of, as you said, taking care of their stakeholders, be it employees or constituents, and finding ways to balance their resources and time while doing so. One last thing, let's talk about the civil society. I know both of you have your own or are part of your own communal movement and organization for social action. So what have we seen happen within civil society, both in terms of the good things and the expansions that happen, but also all the ways by which the COVID pandemic may have stalled their um, strategic plans? goals and objectives yeah. for the year? Uh, with regards to the civil society, particularly, I guess I can speak more of the youth organizations. Uh, yeah, of course, it's really stalled, particularly on doing action and down. But it, COVID-19, also, especially this year, also serves as a big opportunity, especially for some youth organizations to collaborate, uh, to build awareness on what's happening in COVID-19 and even in sustainable development. Like what we did this year with Online SDG Youth Action Forum, uh, it started last March lang uh, because of the pandemic. But before this, I was already doing on-ground awareness to younger people, particularly students in college and high school about the sustainable development goals. COVID, uh, uh, of course, COVID-19 really stalled a lot of organizations, particularly youth organizations. But I think, uh, especially doing on-ground initiatives and projects because of the limitations and quarantine measures. But I think COVID-19, especially this year, was a great opportunity, especially for organizations to collaborate with each other. So, for example, what we did in online SEG Taxon Forum. So, it's an online community I started last March. Oh, we started last March 2020 because of the pandemic. Like, oh, most of us were bored, and I was already doing on offline uh, initiatives to students about introducing the SDGs. So, what we did is to do it online. And then, after that, a few months later, we were able to collaborate with various initiatives as well in various organizations. Yeah, uh, like JCI uh, Philippines, uh, I think we were able to collaborate with them and uh, with the group in some initiatives as well, particularly advancing the sustainable development goals to people. But uh, majority kasi really happened more of awareness. Eh. But I think moving forward in 2021, it's now how do we integrate online awareness and online campaigns and dissemination. Kasi ang dami gumawa nun this year, especially to youth mm-hmm. organizations. There was also a spike. Uh, but now, how do we integrate online? Okay, we s- we'll still do that. But how do we now do on-ground sustainable solutions and coordination with other organizations as well? Yeah, I would just like then, to echo that, uh, Lauren, sorry. Uh, I would just like to echo that because, you know, um, actually we have experienced, uh, uh, you know, uh, a heightened use or utilization of digital tools uh, in the in the time of, of the pandemic. Even the corporations were actually forced to use more digital tools uh, as, they, uh, as they become more flexible, as we 
uh, entertained or at least uh, you know uh, implemented the work from home setup. So more and more companies have actually pushed, uh, and also institutions have pushed uh, for the use of digital tools. And it's the same way, the the people themselves, individuals, and all those that are. Um, really pushing something or, or advocating for something have been utilizing these kinds of platforms. Now, it's kind of challenging also to, to keep track uh, as to are we really progressing? Like, are we really uh, pushing the right messages or are we just confusing our listeners? Because with so much information out there, it's hard to also distinguish for the people which ones are true, which ones to believe in. Or maybe it could also be another way around. Say, um, If if uh, one group is also uh, telling about this and then another and then another, then perhaps it's it's it uh, the, the what they are saying are might be true or might happen to really something important or critical. So people might uh, might tend to really believe in them. So uh, could you tell us more uh, about about uh, that? I uh, know uh, that you know dilemma or that challenge, uh, Lawrence. Yeah, so I think uh, you're right. We are in a digital age right now, and people are probably, uh, you know, mostly online, or they have a lot of time to be online, and so a lot of information is circulating around. And I guess people even term it as infodemic. The youth now could definitely exercise their ability to become more critical thinkers when it comes to absorbing the different types of information out there, because there's a lot of information out there, and it is um, up to them in trying to discern and evaluate whether the information is right or wrong, and help them understand, uh, help them form an opinion um, after you know assessing all those information. Right. Okay. So um, talking about uh, the adjustments. Because for sure we are not going back to the normal. Because the old normal is not the new normal. And uh, if we go back to the old normal, then we're essentially just going back to the way once, uh, the way we once were, uh, which is not exactly adaptive to such circumstances now. And uh, despite being a really drastic year, we still uh, have seen so many opportunities where we can also be more flexible. Uh, after everything that has happened this year, and so uh, that this also introduced many ways, or this perhaps really forced us to learn to really be more be be uh, versatile with whatever we are implementing in our systems right now. So, um, could you uh, so as uh, 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 in 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 common or uh, with with the common understanding or common. Um, Uh, perception on you know COVID, you know pushing back and slowing down the progress um, for institutions to to uh, push the needle to, to really uh, effect changes uh, and also uh, uh, to, to to take a step back. Now, how do you think uh, have uh, uh, has 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 COVID helped reevaluate? Uh, th- uh, their plans for you know a more faster and more ardent push uh, moving forward in the next years to come. I guess with regards to COVID 19 I, I, I think it helped institutions, whether in the government or corporate, on how to make things more sustainable moving forward. Because if there's one thing that I've learned from this pandemic, and I hopefully the others as well, is that. All of the things that we have been doing are really interrelated and interconnected with each other. So, for example, right now with the 
COVID-19, diba? a lot of people were saying it can also uh, been effects of what happened in the environment or also what happened in other areas as well. So I think it's a great opportunity for us to uh, push more on sustainable development, not just raising awareness, but also doing action. So it's really great, like for example now, diba, a lot of people are pushing into sustainable transportation, into biking, into bike lanes. Uh, even recently diba, because of the typhoons like Typhoon Rolly, Quinta, and Ulysses, there has been an increased call of declaring climate emergency which the Congress or the House of Representatives started or already passed a bill with. So I think there has been an increased awareness but now how do we translate those awareness into more substan- uh, substantial and sustainable action by moving forward? Mm. Lawrence, what do you what do you think about uh, about this? Yeah, so I think in terms of like whether it helped us, um, we think definitely it sort of I think intensified the um, intens- intensified society's realization of where the gaps are in terms of where we are in the uh, SDG progress. Um, like if if not if I'm not mistaken, we've sort of worsened our accomplishment in good health and well-being because again of not only uh, COVID cases but it also uh, exposed a lot of the gaps in our healthcare systems um, that we can't seem to you know um, easily sort of absorb those uh, the jump in in COVID cases or also um, so all of that gaps that were exposed allowed us to also think of. Um, solutions that could really help drive the sustainability agenda forward. And I think that's what I think in a way that's a good thing that we have let you know not just the government but also business sector, civil society realize that it's really important to look at these issues from a holistic and systemic perspective because that's the only yeah, way. Yeah, I, I would like to add. Lawrence has said lang. like it's really how COVID-19 really helped us open us to a lot of loopholes happening in our system like imagine uh, of course COVID-19 also opened up a lot of new problems as well eh? for example now since we're wearing face masks and face shields a lot of us are wearing single uh, a lot of people are now wearing single-use face masks which is causing as well uh, trash or waste in our an effect to our oceans and their seas. And then, ang hirap din eh. Like, okay, we'll wear a reusable face mask. Pero, mas tataas yung risk mo to COVID-19. So, th- those are tough, these are tough tough times to be honest. Like, how, how, how you manage sustainability and how you manage practicality at the same time. It's really a problem kasi, isipin mo, oh, pag nagsuot ako ng reusable face mask, okay, I'm saving the environment. Pero, mas tataas yung transmission ko COVID-19. Pero, if I'm wearing single-use face mask, okay, uh, mas bababa yung transmission ko to COVID-19. Pero, yung waste naman nun, lalo na kung if I don't recycle it properly, might uh, harm the environment or other people in general as well. Kasi, it can still be transmitting. Eh. So, yeah, those these are really uh, tricky times, and we need to uh, really connect with each other uh, as well. Because if we're connected, I think it will just get worse. I definitely agree with everything both of you said. There is a need to connect with one another and to realize the interrelatedness of everything that 
been happening and that is happening actually just a few days back i read this reading from the dalai lama fellowship so we had a global call and they had the reading i will get back to you with regard to what the title was but it was very very striking because it talked about how 2020 and this pandemic really was similar to someone handing us a with a mirror of wisdom which basically in i think buddhist tradition means that uh we are given the opportunity and perhaps the prerogative to see things as they are so that's what the mirror of wisdom really is about it's about the ability and the freedom to see things for what it is not for how we found them and as we both said that's what's been happening all throughout the year we've been seeing loopholes and gaps in the system that we otherwise would have and could have had the freedom to look away from and ignore and we're seeing a lot more things we're seeing how interrelated everything else is and how there is the need as we both said to translate these insights these awareness campaigns these pieces of information into actionable steps that would allow us to create more holistic solutions moving forward and so i guess the question on my mind here is of course say a lot of foreign countries haven't been as swayed by the pandemic as the philippines has had because of our longer last lockdown our greater number of cases and so on and so forth but it did lead us as you both said to a lot of realization insights and information with regard to the need for sustainable development the integration of sustainability and overall just the reimagining of our system in relation to the gaps we've seen over the past year do you think and have you seen it to be so in your own organizations and field of work that all these realizations and insights have created have created even just a tiny bit of a push for a more seamless integration of sustainability into the coming years do you think that everything that's happened do you think it's created at least a slight nudge um for our leaders or to our leaders um pushing them to say, to think and say that okay we need to do a bit better in terms of our sustainable development or sustainability initiatives be it in government the private sector the civil sector do you think that's the thing now is that something we can expect coming into 2021 and all the years there yes uh i think that definitely however uh definitely because uh, i've been seeing a lot of local governments and even national governments who have been more responsive or who have been uh more dedicated to do sustainable action to get the city where they just recently uh lobbied or created as uh, a committee on sustainable development goals innovations and futures thinking uh it's really great and even in the private sector and in the civil society sector uh there has been an increase uh, action or increase uh yeah initiatives to further uh ourselves for the sustainability and sustainable development however you know as i mentioned a while ago I think there has been there must be guidance especially to some because eh, I, I think right now there has been 
the word sustainable development and sustainability is easily been thrown around in the industry. No, sustainability, sustainable development, and I think some sometimes it it can be misinterpreted, especially because there. Uh, if you look into the study of sustainable development and sustainability. Uh, there are really a lot of definitions of it. I mean, the universally accepted definition is the one created by Brundtland, but a lot of people have challenged that. So, uh, doon pa lang, eh, meron pa ng problema na how do you ensure na sustainable development and sustainability is being executed in the right way or being interpreted uh, in the way na align kayo lahat. So, yeah, uh, I think that, that that is the challenge moving forward kasi the one sustainability for example sustainability or sustainable development yung conception ng isang town or isang organization might be different from the ones na in Visayas or in Mindanao where in mas uh, ano sila exposed sila to the land or to the environment while here in the Luzon or urban areas more focus on uh, poverty alleviation or even into economic growth and development uh, as well and before I let, uh, I, before I give Lawrence the floor to likewise share his insight, I just want to reiterate what you mentioned, Mark. The gist of it really is there's a push. There's a push for sustainability and sustainable development. But there's a need for structure, for uh, recognition of the science behind it, and perhaps of, or for a leader. So there's a push, there's the intention. But in terms of implementation, we need a structure and we need to, of course, uh, move with intention, but also with a system. So that's a very, really, that's a very, very interesting insight um, right there. So hopefully all of you listeners here are um, very interested as well. But also, I, I hope you guys are also um, understanding that as Lauren said earlier, there's a lot of information going on and present. So it's a matter of understanding what works, what doesn't work, what's relevant, and what's also factual or non-factual. Um, with that, Lawrence, I'm, I'm giving you the floor to uh, take us away with what you have to say about whether or not we're pushed into more sustainable measures this because yep. of the pandemic. Yes, definitely. Um, yes, because the pandemic, I think, really shocked a lot of um sectors, public sector, private sector, civil society sector, you know, it made people really, um, it was a surprise. It was like a black swan. Um, see, a black swan is basically a metaf- metaphor for an event which is an unanticipated and which has far, very far-reaching consequences. So that realization that, okay, this is a big black swan made people really think, okay, um, what are the worst things or worst case scenarios that could further happen? So a lot of the organizations, whether public or private sector, or even the nonprofit sector, they think about resilience now. So they connect sustainability with resilience. So what would happen if another pandemic happens? Or if, if it's not a pandemic, but another crisis event, what, what could they do to um, bounce back quickly? And they link that to sustainability. So that's, I think, one key thing that I've also realized why there is a push because they see that this can happen again and more extreme events can happen. So we just, we've seen um, something that's health related, but we're also seeing now climate related events as well really worsening and starting to also uh, create devastating effects to society. So Lawrence, you mentioned about, um, you know, the, uh, uh, us or I mean the society as a whole really uh, seeing uh, sustainability as an answer to uh, the SDG related uh, challenges uh, or the goals per se. 
uh, particularly the, those that have really affected or those sectors that have been affected uh, by the pandemic. So number one, that is um, we have the public health, of course, um, and then um, the probably the quality education part as well since uh, we have been forced to to really uh, go into or shift into modular learning without even being fully prepared without having the proper infrastructure there uh, we're in we, we have seen even parents even parents themselves are like becoming students themselves because they if you if you can imagine you know uh, there is no human intervention when it comes to really uh teaching the the children because essentially the the education is limited to the 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 conference calls and the and whatnot right so uh, imagine if you put yourself in the into the shoes of the uh the parents who were just able to, to really say finish high school or elementary so how can they even teach or uh guide their guide their children right and then also we have the issue of climate change um uh, the 2020 wasn't over yet the pandemic is still there yet we were ravaged by typhoons two super typhoons in two weeks consecutively right so um could you could you uh, uh expound on that more like could you uh give us uh, certain circumstances or say certain cases we're in okay we can say that okay, this particular challenge, or in in this uh, SDG sector, or SDG or uh, sustainable development goal, has been really affected. And what really, you know, what turned out, or what were the what was the response coming from, say, uh, from the government or from the private institutions? Yeah, so definitely there are well, there are seventeen SDGs, and there are definitely certain SDGs that have further worsened during the pandemic. Um, just to share a little bit on some data from the Sustainable Development Report dashboard, which is created by the Sustainable Development Solutions Network. Just looking at the 17 SDGs, it does show that SDG 4, Quality Education, the trend here has been decreasing. So anyway, they basically map up all 17 SDGs in a matrix that shows um, the trend, whether it's stagnating or decreasing or increasing, and then rating whether the ch- uh, significant challenges remain or just a uh, few challenges remain. So looking at all these SDGs, quality education has been majorly affected. So trend has been decreasing, rating challenges also remain. Um, and then gender equality as well has also been mentioned uh, to be stagnating in terms of trend, and there's still significant significant challenges remain. And I guess you can point this out because um, a lot of the uh, big population of the healthcare workforce are women, and so they are also like affected by the pandemic. And as well as there has been some reports that there has been an increase uh, in um, domestic abuse. Uh, during the pandemic because a lot of, you know, uh, most of us are, a lot of the time we're just staying at home. And um, we're still lagging as well in terms of SDG number 15, which is peace, justice, and strong institutions. So our trend is stagnating and still many many major challenges remain in this area. So in terms of overall ranking, we're around 99th out of 166 countries. So there's still a lot of room for improvement for our country. Yeah, so yeah, that's actually uh, that's actually something that we uh, must really take a look into. Uh, we have 
uh, if I remember correctly, we have uh, improved on the uh, production production end. I, I forgot the exact uh, name of the SDG. Sustainable production and consumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Responsible <laughs> consumption. Actually, yeah, yes. Uh, just to uh, <laughs> add on that, I, I guess actually the there has been a debate if the one on SDG 12 is really correct because the one yeah. indicated there in the report was green and then when I was because I always use that uh, report that whenever board. I present it to young people and then a lot of people question me na, oh uh, Mark why is, is SDG 12 responsible consumption and production green uh, it means that the SDG is already attained because if it, it, mm. it Then a lot of people question the report. Na oh, how how come? Eh, we still see a lot of trash. It's, yeah. it's not really sustainable as yet. Waste management is isn't really is still a big problem. Even food waste. Uh, so I think it really boils down on the uh, data as well. I think data yes. gap is also a big issue mm-hmm. uh, in terms of getting. Uh, an exact overview of what's happening in the current in terms of attaining sustainable development. But if you look uh, in the local areas, particularly in the people around us or in the uh, seniors around us, we can uh, just to uh, add as well what Lawrence has said. Uh, the report is more of pre-pandemic, eh? uh, even though of course it was released around June or July. The duration of the report is until like January or February, lang. so it hasn't really accounted yet. The peak of the pandemic was just March until August or until now. So I think next year there will be a big, massive change. Then, uh, particularly you know, on education, on gender equality, on economy, and even no poverty, and even peace, justice, and strong institutions. But I think if there's one thing the report is still consistent is that. Mas yun nga, mas na, uh, na, it has been magnified lang. The, the issues that are already there has just been magnified because of the pandemic. Of course, you have your education right now because of the uh, shift to online and blended learning. A lot of people are still struggling to online classes and modular learning. Uh, of course, economy uh, has suffered a lot. Uh, women, uh, gender equality, and then Even the pit is just the central institutions. So I think the report really get, gave a snapshot of what is happening, and it just validated what's happening right now due to the pandemic. I wonder, dude. This is just like a really, really quick side question. Does that have to do with the targets we set as a country? Is it possible that we may have set lower targets for ourselves and the ability to sort of green light? Um, SDG 12, for instance, and all other SDGs, yeah. Yeah, it 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 is in line with the targets and indicators uh, stated by the United Nations. Although, again, I, I think uh, this has been an issue because year by year, especially in data reporting to the sustainable development and sustainable development goals, data gaps, talaga, particularly in rural areas. There's some indicators that the Philippines cannot report. So, uh, of course, the researchers somehow relied on available information and data. I think some data they have used are even still from 2018 or even from 2017. So I think that's also another concern, uh, especially on the side of data. 
uh, about sustainable development which can be a really uh, another big topic or another topic that we can discuss but that would be for another episode <laughs> <laughs> definitely we have to put that on the timeline TK no? yeah. make sure to invite Mark all over again <laughs> but part two. what I'm getting at here part 2 uh, what I'm getting at here is that earlier on in the podcast this podcast episode we talked about how there was a lot of potential for progress in sustainable development for the Philippines both in the private and in the government sectors what we've seen and what we've discussed is that there was a lag or a delay or at least a stalling in terms of a lot of the things that could have happened or have, could have been realized this year because of the pandemic so we have of course government regulation or projects being stalled because of issues of prioritization and so on and so forth but as you both said there was this fight especially within the civil sector to step up in terms of filling the gaps that were either present or that were aggravated because of the pandemic and what we're seeing now and what we're talking about now is the fact that all this aside we're still not meeting our goals we still have a lot of problems as Lawrence mentioned we're still lagging in so many SDG targets and as Mark said whether it's an issue about of data gathering or of a general lack of implementation towards the goals the fact of the matter is that there is an issue still we're doing action which is good and which is what we talked about earlier on but there are still problems so we still need to act more so with everything that we've realized talked about this whole podcast episode I want both of you, actually all of us, including you, CK, to look into the future, look ahead three years from now, or three or five years from now even. How does sustainable development, how does it look like within the Philippine setting to you? How do you think we would be progressing towards it? Would we be meeting our goals? Um, and who would be the leaders, actors, and players as we do so? That, that will that is to make you uh, Chantel actually especially we have the 2022 elections coming up so there is another change of leadership uh, coming 2022 uh, we don't know if some it will be from uh, the players but uh, there would be a massive turn in terms of sustainable development I'm not sure yet if it's positive or negative but again uh, we have the ambition that in 2040 and the sustainable development goes that 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 must serve as our framework or as a guide for whether for our future leaders who will be elected in 2022 to help us steer for 2030 or even in 2040 or moving forward as well. So hopefully uh, by the year 2023, uh, aside from we have a new leader, is that uh, of course there is a significant uh, bounce back from the effects of COVID-19 because I think before COVID-19 happens there's been a momentum already especially in sustainable development but because of the COVID-19 it somehow pushed back even 5 years or even 10 years I think there's a, there's a study created by the United Nations on how the sustainable development has been pushed back 5 to 10 years and some countries needed to start on step 1 again because of the COVID-19 pandemic so I think 2021, 22, and even 23 moving forward are great years for us to rebuild and re- reassess where can we uh, improve and uh, 
uh, of course to prevent this from happening again <laughs> uh, COVID-19 because I think COVID-19 could have been prevented <laughs> but yeah Lawrence what is your take on it how do you see us moving towards sustainable development three or five years from now and maybe like uh, regardless of the government how do you how are you seeing private sector, civil sector is contributing to our progress? Would they be playing a massive role? In what way? And do you think it would be enough? Um, yeah, I agree with you that, uh, well, um, definitely the, the business sector and the civil society um, uh, representatives as well will have a key role in making sure that we have continuous progress when it comes to sustainable development. And um, government, definitely, there might be, well, there will be definitely a new, like, elections is coming and it might my concern there is definitely the continuity of programs and policies although we do have an overarching vision as Mark has mentioned 2040 to help us really still continue to be at the right track um, I, I just hope that things would still be smooth or things would uh, you know be fast track um, so that government can help come up with policies programs and policies i uh, sorry in regulation that really make a sound environment for us for the sdgs now for the business sector i think they are also they, are, they also have a key role in making sure that um, they sort of transform their operations from you know purely economic or profit oriented to something more that would incorporate the environmental and social side and I think the big corporations can have a, uh, a vital role in that area because they do employ a you know, big chunk of um, the the citizens of our country. And I also want to put the spotlight as well for social enterprises. So social enterprises could also are uh, definitely driven when it comes to. Um, uh, cre- uh, delivering products and services that not only meet you know the needs of customers but also are aligned to the SDGs. But I guess in that aspect, they need, there is a need to really scale them up because a lot of their operations are their impact is still limited in scope. But there's a need to really enable and capacitate them. And then for the civil society, there is also I also would I think the, their role to really continuously advocate for projects and inspire activism amongst our people um, is also an important thing to also keep our uh, government accountable as well to the to the promises. Yeah, it sure looks like it's a, it's a wicked problem, and I always say this to wicked solutions, and that. They just entail a lot of stakeholders, players, and actors. It's definitely not the job for one person or of one organization or even of one sector. It's a holistic, systemic approach. And as you both mentioned, it it starts with the realization that everything is interconnected. And it comes with the challenge of actually working within that interconnectedness so we can come together. And I do agree with you both. Um, the government has a lot to do with it to election 2022 would have a lot, would have a huge dent with regard to our, um, how our progress would turn out. But the private players, the civil sector members, social enterprises, and actually members of the youth who are also just starting would have a lot of roles to take up and to play coming into the coming years. Yeah, so, can I just, can I just yes. on up on that, especially on the youth? Uh, I agree with everything with what have you said and also what Lawrence has said but I, I think 
uh, I just want to emphasize as well what the youth has been doing, especially this year. I think they have been really amazing in terms of doing a lot of effort, particularly on sustainable sustainability and sustainable development. However, uh, I think uh, some of our, some of the youths just need to have more push uh, in doing more action. Uh, to translate it to on-ground action because they've been doing a lot of oh, awareness what's happening in the country uh, this is what's happening in their environment this is what's happening in our economy in our uh, people so I think some of us just needs uh, to mentor to guide these young people to further channel their enthusiasm and their passion into tangible and sustainable action uh, moving forward yes I definitely agree with you on that although I do I do know that, of course, change making as a journey is a journey. Yeah. So it yeah. starts with awareness, it starts with the self, and then moves towards. But as you mentioned, Mark, it's important to mentor. It's important to really help people translate their insights and their knowledge into action, initiatives, and perhaps anything actually that could provide even more impact to the society. So. Um, I guess there's one last question for, again, everyone here. CK, if you want to jump in, you can also jump in. Um, but really, one last question would be, apart from mentorship and you know, serving as a guide to help the youth better translate their knowledge into action, what else could we do, um, could you do, could our listeners do to help people maybe they're part of the youth maybe they're not members of the youth but are really just starting um within their journey of change making how might we be able to help them add on to our progress towards sustainable development and what can they learn from this year that perhaps they could bring towards the coming years Um, and you guys could t- totally relate your learning from this year um, into, uh, you know, what perhaps the members of the youth or other b- body change makers yeah. uh, can learn and should learn. I think the basic lesson here is really, uh, I think COVID-19 has been a big lesson for us this year, whether we are a- a- active in sustainable development or active in the government, in the corporate or Uh, other sectors as well, or even just a, an ordinary person. I think we have a story to tell to other people about what happened this year. It's like, to be honest, it's like surviving this year has been an, uh, an accomplishment, to be honest. Like everything, a lot of people, a lot of things have happened this year related to COVID or non-related to COVID. Uh, and I think moving forward, especially in advocating for sustainability and sustainable development, particularly to people, uh, to ordinary people or to people who are aren't as invested as yet to that uh, that concept, is that to make them understand why why sustainable development matters to them. Like for example, for the youth, of course, it matters to them because their future is on the line. Like 10 years, 20 years from now, they'll be the change makers or they'll be the leaders of this generation. Or of the of their future in their future generations as well, but for people uh, who are already working and such and been busy now, but but relate to why do I need to do sustainable actions? Or can relate it to our personal experiences. Like I always use this analogy that 
I always ask people, especially young people, like, what are their personal aspirations and goals in life? And then I always related that uh, to what's happening in the world right now, like COVID, climate emergency, etc. Because uh, it can really affect our personal goals and aspirations if we do not do something, even in small little ways to the world. So I think that's one thing that we need to impart to people, whether it's you, whether it's someone, it's our coworker, whether it's our classmate, or whoever it is, even our families or even our friends, colleagues. Uh, it's something that we need to make uh, sustainable development. First, make them understand uh, beyond the the jargons of uh, development and jargons of uh, uh, jargons of what's happening in the corporate sector, government. Something that even a simple person would really understand the essence of it and how it affect how and why it affects them. Yeah, definitely agree with um, Mark on that. Uh, making them really understand uh, what is the S, what why is the SDG like relevant to them. So I probably um, for me it would be personalizing the SDG and then localizing the SDG. So personalizing the SDG meaning making it really unrelatable to them. Of course, there are some SDGs. There might be SDGs that are more uh, that will resonate more to certain types of youth, and maybe those are the SDGs that. SDGs that they could really pursue and advocate for. And at the same time, um, localize the SDG because it can sometimes be a very a concept that's out there, but they can, of course, make it, they can try to understand their, at the community level or at the barangay level, um, what which SDG is most relevant or most urgent to address. And that's, that is also where they can um, spot an opportunity to take action. And so for me, it's personalizing SDG, localizing SDG, and also very importantly, also collaborating with other stakeholders. We've, this is a repetitive concept we've mentioned in our discussion, but because I think they might say, oh, again, it's such a big, humongous task to solve, but there are existing players in the ecosystem that they can work with, partner with, that can help them um, progress in terms of their SDG action. Yeah, I guess just to add lang of what Lawrence and I have said. Uh, yeah, we can. I, I think there has been a notion then, because if you know about sustainability or sustainable development, you need to be like a, in the corporate, uh, either in the big position or in the government, in the LGU, or even like leading an organization or a civil society movement. But to be honest, we can do. We can be sustainable, and we can do sustainable actions and. Be advocates for sustainable development as long as we do simple actions first, uh, simple small actions first, and then, pag, uh, pag if we are already doing it consistently and make it a part of our habit, routine, or system, or like uh, as I mentioned, uh, there's this book uh, called Atomic Habits by James Dare. I, I don't know if uh, the team knows that, but yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it can That's already give us bigger. Yeah, it is a great book. It can already give us big change uh, moving forward. So yeah, and then if we're already more comfortable enough, we can elevate our action because sometimes, because I know there are people na hindi naman na natin agad mapipilit na magjump into the movement agad because of ano uh, and then mayibab na nayo kasi because of the cancel culture and such. And then if we see someone uh, bringing plastic, cancel agad and such. I think it's a it's a process, uh, and I think. 2020 has been parang a reset eh, for everyone. Now, oh, we can do things talaga, especially if we uh, activate them in the right way. Right, right. 
So I totally agree with uh, with your inputs, Lawrence and Mark. Just uh, to to add a bit more to that. So me being uh, in the in the tech sector, I actually have seen the youth, uh, even those in the high school uh, high school level, really creating things to 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 really solve something. Perhaps their pain or perhaps something that they have been uh, having problems on uh, in their daily lives, or perhaps. Uh, 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 those problems that they are seeing their parents or their friends or their loved ones are experiencing. So we see more and more youth being involved in in these kinds of uh, endeavors. Uh, uh, you know, by by using their talents and really creating something. So we, I, 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 my my point is, you know, we can support them further with ha- by by having. Um, I know a, cl- uh, a clear, a concrete, and definite support system for these projects, these startups, and these solutions to actually flourish. Um, I think we are already doing that uh, on a, on a governmental level. I think that uh, uh, because I think w- one of the reasons why Philippines has actually lagged behind when it comes to economic growth is because uh, we have not provided much uh, needed net uh, uh, safety net. For for the entrepreneurs or for the people who are who are trying to venture into entrepreneurship, and so like the fear is there, like uh, if they fail, if they have already invested so much capital and then they are left with nothing and then the business failed, so what will be left of them? That that's a common dilemma for them. So that's why a lot of Filipinos are still, uh, you know, resulting to uh, job security. You know, it's it's a it's a safer path, but then. Uh, you know, create. What we, little that we really realize is, you know, not only we create more solutions to problems with entrepreneurship, we also provide more jobs. So we also provide more people with with, with livelihood. So uh, we believe that we 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 should flourish entrepreneurship more. And I think subconsciously, we are already somehow addressing some of the problems that are involved with SDGs or certain SDGs when it comes to to, to really you know uh when, when we involve ourselves in entrepreneurship so say for example we have seen many uh uses of data uh and uh data and AI for for climate resilience we have also seen uh platforms that are are really advancing modular learning so that's really for quality education Then we all we have we are seeing uh, applications wherein we uh, there is a growing community of uh, women entrepreneurs that support each other. So it's really you know it's really about supporting more, uh, uh, supporting these businesses, these new enterprise enterprises more, providing them with the with the more needed uh, incubation programs, support, mentorship, consultation, even funding, uh, and also. Um, You know, uh, education as well. You know, training them how to en- enter into this space and having them the safety, uh, providing them with the safety net. Like if they fail, what will be their fallback? So, uh, if if not governmental, perhaps we can devise something in the in in a specific organization. We we can provide that privately. So, uh, I think that is really something that we we should also really take a look into. It's very very interesting. Um. Definitely, entrepreneurship in and by itself is a very important actor or player in the ecosystem. Uh, whether it be the economic ecosystem or the ecosystem we're looking at in terms of sustainable development. So, as DK said, it's about 
ensuring that we allow the field of entrepreneurship to flourish because entrepreneurship in and by itself has a lot of solutions. And we see it in terms of social entrepreneurship, but also in terms of general entrepreneurship because that's the point of being an entrepreneur and having a business is about seeing a need, seeing a demand, and then finding a way to create a product or a service that is of actual value to the people and the stakeholders. So there's a lot of ways. And I think that's what we saw in this entire episode. It's about um, recognizing, once again, one last time, that we're all interconnected, interrelated, and that there's a need to collaborate. But also, as Mark pointed out, to put a structure and a system to it because sustainable development in and by itself is a huge field. And a lot of people have different, or a lot of organizations have different definitions. And I guess, perspectives on what sustainable development looks like. As they both mentioned as well, it's one thing to realize that you have to wear masks to protect yourselves and another to try to see how you can minimize the it, it, the impact wearing masks would have on waste management and perhaps marine biodiversity if the masks do end up in the ocean. So it's a collaborative effort across fields from corporate, as Lawrence points out, um, government and the civil society as both Mark and Lawrence pointed out and of course all the way to business and entrepreneurship as CK just gave us like a really nice ending insight right then and there so there's a lot to really take in 2020 I think is one of those years that will really go down in history as I think a very important I think if there's one thing I hope the listeners would definitely get out of it it's that this year gave us a lot to experience but also to think about and to learn and it also gave us the opportunity to as both of our guests said reset things I think we we realized the most this year that it actually is possible to change systems and to change things almost within the blink of an eye Within one day, people just stopped going to the office. Like, that's actually possible. Who would have even thought that would be possible way back in January? So it's a huge reset button. But moving forward, what would define us and also, I guess, the state of the future generations is how we use this reset button. With all the insights we've garnered and Lawrence and Mark shared a lot of insights, I'm sure all our listeners have their own source types of insights what should we do? How should we move forward and rebuild, reimagine, and recreate society and systems? And I hope with the coming new year, we really bring this sense of intentionality and passion for action so that, yeah, in the coming years, we wouldn't just be talking about whether or not we'll actually reach the sustainable development goals in time, but we'd be looking back at maybe, I don't know, I know, I know sitting in Masike, a decade, I know, de- decade recap <laughs> for sustainable Rumble, just the question would be, how were we able to actually achieve the sustainable development goals? Oh, diba? Parang ganda pakinggan. <laughs> so, with <laughs> that, um, sana, we can, we can hope, but we can also act. So I hope um, Mark, Lawrence, you guys continue with the amazing work you're doing in all of your organizations. TK and I will continue um, <laughs> running Sustainer Rumble because our listeners are still here and we know that in our own ways, as both of you mentioned, we can create 
catalyze and enact change, which is very much needed. So to all our listeners, again, happy, uh, a happy new year, a Merry Christmas, and even a happy Hanukkah to all of you guys. And we will be seeing you in the next year. So stay tuned. We have another great series lined up for you. Starting January, we will be talking about sustainable urban development. So that's a really interesting um, series up in there. We also have a lot of other products and services we will be launching in the coming year. So stay tuned. And for the meantime, or in the meantime, stay safe. Spend time with your loved ones, but also try to stay at home as much as you can. Um, if you're bored or if you want to recap on the past year, check our past episodes out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you want to leave us a message, email us at sustainerumbleteam at gmail.com or check out our Facebook and Instagram pages. And that's that. Um, this has been Chantal Nieto and CK um, Asinas. We have been your hosts today. Jonas, we have missed you, but we're hoping that... Um, mo- well, we're, we're hoping you're having a pretty good time there. <laughs> and we will see you in January. Lawrence and Mark, thank you for joining us. We hope to see more of you in the coming years. And we hope to see more of your work really elevated and expanded in the coming years and in all years thereafter. Again, thank you guys. Happy New Year. We thank you for your continued support and patronage of our work. We hope that after 13 regular episodes and three special ones, you have taken so much insights on what it means to achieve a sustainable world and what it would take to address the grand challenges that hamper our quality of life and the health of our world. Before we begin a new series, we encourage you to spread the word and let your friends know about our show. It's for each and every one of us to understand more on how our society works with various aspects combined and to work together and co-create the kind of future we want to have where everyone and everything exists in complete harmony. If you haven't yet, do follow us here wherever you're listening and like our social media pages to stay in the loop of all the relevant things we tackle in this show. The new series is something to be really excited to look forward to as it concerns your day-to-day lives in places where you live, work, play, stroll, and all things you can think of. Again, thank you for being a part of our 2020. And as we welcome 2021, may we be bolder, braver, and stronger to face tomorrow's tests. See you in the next episode.